Hey, I want to thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, I know you're listening to us on uh, Blaze TV. You might also be listening to us on XM uh, Satellite. But I'm not talking to you crumb bums right now. I'm talking <laughs> to the people who's actually subscribed uh, to Blaze TV. Uh, thank you so much. We were really overwhelmed um, on the weekend. Uh, so many uh, new subscribers came on board uh, that we had some technical glitches, I understand, but they're all taken care of now. And thank you for your patience. Um, and uh, we live for the stability of the network. So that's it, Stu. You're not going to say anything else. <laughs> I don't so, know what you. What do you? We live okay. for the stability of the network. What kind of weird 1984 phrasing is that? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly we right. But man. you weren't supposed to say it out loud. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for subscribing to the Blaze TV. are changing people are waking up on both sides of the aisle a good friend of the program um, but not politically we're not politically aligned uh, very much of the time but he's a good decent guy Michael Schellenberger Um, he looks now this according to the headline of the San Francisco gate um, he looks like the only candidate who has a chance of beating Gavin Newsom in California's governor race And let me tell you something, even though he's not a conservative, he would be a massive, massive upgrade and really help California get back into some sense of common sense. He joins us in 60 seconds. Buying or selling a home can be like sitting at a high stakes poker game. You know, you're putting all your chips uh, on, on the hand that you haven't really even seen yet. It's a little bit scary to say the least that's why when you do it you want the absolute best real estate agent you can get on your side helping you every step of the way so your biggest and most important financial transactions are the ones that are sold as sold and uh, has a sold sign in the front yard and they're solid years ago i founded real estate agents i trust.com it's a free service to you and it does exactly that it it pairs you with the best agents in your area and the area that you're moving to. These are the top sellers in their field. We monitor their progress to make sure they stay that way. Don't take my word for it. I want you to do your own homework. I want you to interview these people. You'll get a name usually within five or 10 minutes, but we promise within an hour, if you are looking for a real estate agent, a free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all, Real Estate Agents I Can Trust. Dot com.
Michael Schellenberger is with us. He is the founder and president of Environmental Progress, author of San Francisco, uh, and a friend uh, of the program. Welcome, Michael. How are you, sir? Great. great. Good. You're you're breaking up a bit. Um, uh, Your um, primary for California is tomorrow. uh, And the way it works is it's the two top people. So if it's an independent and a Democrat, there is no Republican in the race, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that's right. You have a chance of being number two, right? That's right. It's an open primary. So anybody can vote for anybody. Top two vote getters go to the runoff election in November. And I'm drawing support in the equal levels from Republicans, independents, Democrats, feeling very strong that once we get into the runoff, we can beat Gavin Newsom in November. Have you been in a um, a debate with Gavin yet? Not yet. Uh, this is still early, early days, but I think they're scared of me. They're trying to elevate my opponents oh, yeah. uh, so they don't have to face me in the fall. You know, I'm the only person that can really counter Gavin's lies, his misinformation. You know, the state is being you know, driven down the drain, Glenn, as you know. I mean, we're in simultaneous crises on the worst crime and homeless crisis in our history. Our forest fires are out of control. We're having blackouts and water shortages for the fourth year in a row. People are fed up. They're fed up with the ideology. They're fed up with wokeness. So I'm the person that's been able to really challenge the governor on these issues. And I think once we get into the runoff, uh, we will defeat him in the fall. You know what I love about you, Michael, is you're you're honest. You you will honestly search for the truth and if new information comes you will change your mind and you'll admit it and you'll say why you changed your mind based in common sense and actual um uh you know facts um when you when you're talking to californians about gas prices this is all because of esg and uh trying to be uh Uh, gas and oil independent or i'm sorry not independent off gas and oil by 2035 and i don't think people get that yet do californians get that no i mean this is it's it's outrageous we have the highest taxes in the united states we have the highest gasoline prices the second highest electricity prices and yet we have open-air drug markets killing our citizens we have uh, kids becoming addicted to hard drugs. We have homicides that increase 30%. The cities are unlivable. You know, we, we're hypocritical. I mean, we import a huge amount of our petroleum from the Amazon, but we won't allow, we won't unleash oil production in California. Mm. We've seen our carbon emissions in the United States decline 22% between 2005 and 2020, but we won't allow more natural gas production and they're shutting down power plants. I mean, this is a governor who so could, actually has not. Yeah, go ahead, Glenn. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. We're on a slight delay. What um, What is your plan for the uh, for energy? Um, if you are the governor, what are you going to do differently? Well, the most important thing to understand here is there's two kinds of environmentalists. There's pro-human environmentalists that are pro-growth, they're pro-abundant energy, and then there's anti-human, anti-growth, 
pro-scarcity environmentalists. I'm the former. I'm pro-abundance. The governor is pro-scarcity. Unfortunately, the Biden administration is pro-scarcity. That's why we're in the worst energy crisis in 50 years. We need more abundant natural gas, oil production. We need to keep our nuclear plants operating. We need to build new natural gas facilities in California. The governor has extraordinary powers, particularly in a, an emergency, which is what we're in. I will use those powers to make sure that we keep the lights on, that we expand energy production. With enough energy, you can produce fresh water through desalination from the oceans. I will do that. I will make my appointees to the California Coastal Commission and other commissions make sure that we're producing abundant water for the farmers, for the residents, and for the natural environment. You are probably the worst um, case scenario for Democrats. Um, although I should say the, uh, the Democrats that are more socialist uh, in nature, the ones that are still saying we need to get rid of the cops and everything else, there is a real split in the Democratic Party, is there not? Absolutely. I mean, that's why we're pulling support. You know, you, what you see, it's interesting, of course, uh, you know, black Democrats want more police. Latino Democrats want more police. It's really white Democrats, the folks that live in the hills that are upper income, that are the most woke, the people who must live with high crime, who live in the, who live in the flats, who want to see law and order. They don't want to see the open-air drug markets. They're the ones that suffer the most. So we're pulling significant support from those communities. That's the split here in California, is that it's really among socioeconomic class, it's among people that live in reality, as opposed to people that live in social media whose heads are lost to ideology. I'm trying to call the question on practical solutions, common-sense solutions, I just don't, this is not a, whether or not you should have an open air drug market should not be a left right issue. Whether or not you should raise standards rather than get rid of algebra, which is what the governor's people want to do, should not be a left right issue. Whether or not you should have enough electricity, Jeez. enough fresh water. These are basic functions of civilization. That's what's at stake is I'm running on a pro civilization platform. The radical left has gone so far in California, they really, they, you know, who would have guessed the people that say that Western civilization is evil would in the end be undermining the institutions of Western civilization? The good news is I believe there are a minority of people in California. Californians are very liberal people, but we want to keep the lights on. We want to keep the water flowing. We want our streets to be safe. We need more police officers. I believe in the possibility of rehabilitation, but you can't just shut down three prisons like the governor is proposing to do and let everybody out without there being any consequences or any probation. So these are, I think, this back to basics in California, back to the fundamentals of civilization. Every time something goes wrong and we've seen these institutions fail, you've got to get new leaders, people who believe in the American way of life, the the greatest country in the world. I believe California is the greatest state in the greatest country, but you need leaders that believe in it. You need leaders that aren't full of self-hatred and white guilt, who aren't out to punish the institutions that are necessary for our survival. Michael, were you always this way? 
or, or did you think the party was when when did you become uh kind of uh at odds with the what's now mainstream democratic party well i mean i used to you know i was a young radical on the left i over time, I'm 50 now. So, you know, I've, part of it, I've, I've traveled the world. I've seen, I've been to Africa and Latin America and Asia. I've seen that we have the greatest system. There's just two types of civilizations, two types of systems in the world, Glenn. There's just one system, which is what we have. It's a democracy. It's equal justice under the law, the same rules apply to everybody when they don't then you can go to court and and address that and then there's every other system in in the world that is not like that which is basically might makes right and that the powerful people dominate and that they're in the grip of some religion whether it's the hutus against the tutsis or the shias and the shiites Mm -hmm. um it's just tribal and what America has done and what the Western civilization has done is it's created fairness, equal justice under the law. I came to appreciate that by traveling around the world and seeing that our system is not only the most fair, it's also what allows the greatest freedom, the most prosperity. There's other issues. I, I came to understand that renewables are too unreliable, they're too dilute to power a major industrial civilization, which is why we're having power blackouts, by the way, not just in California, but around the United States. And I've come to also see that the left got sucked into victim ideology, this idea that some people are inherently victims, other people are oppressors. It's childlike, it's childish. That is one thing that has changed a bit. I mean, even when I was a progressive, there was still real love of Martin Luther King, of Nelson Mandela, of this idea that, that you could achieve a better life, you could overcome adversity. That's also positive psychology. It's the, the idea that you can change your mentality, change your life, work hard, Mm -hmm. have discipline, get the right diet and exercise that you need these things are now viewed as oppressive by much of the left. It's in the grip of white guilt and victim ideology. I reject it. I know it's unhealthy for us as individuals. It's unhealthy for the society. I mean, look at, you know, this, the mistreatment of our most vulnerable in the name of compassion. It's done because we're treating people like victims. We're treating them as subhuman I just think it's wrong. I, I object to it, and I think it's a common-sense view. You know, the Beatles, we need love, but the Beatles were wrong. Love is not all you need. You also need discipline, hard work. There's a big debate about how do we deal with the racial disparities in education. Well, this, you know, this is not complicated. If you want to improve student performance, students need to study more. Schools You know, we shut down our schools during COVID. It was insane. The governor sent his own kids to private school for in-classroom instruction. We saw the impact was worst among poor kids, minority students. I believe that hard work makes all the difference. My parents taught me how to work hard. you You bring discipline, mentality, focus to your life. We need a leader of California that will bring that spirit 
bring that can-do energy to our schools rather than this pathetic, patronizing, condescending victim ideology. So I just look and I kind of go, it's two, there's two mentalities. One is the mentality that you can overcome adversity. It's healthy. It's strong. It works for people. It works for countries. It works for institutions. And then there's another mentality, which is a pitying mentality. It aims to tell people that they're weak, that they can't overcome their circumstances. I think when people are forced to choose, they choose the former, they choose strength, they, tr- they choose resilience. That's what I want people to embrace right now. We need to. You know, as they say, you know, good times make weak leaders. Weak leaders is what we have in mm-hmm. California, but weak leaders make bad times. And I'm drawing support because people know we need a strong leader that will tap into our inherent resilience to overcome these terrible circumstances. Honestly, Michael, you know, the rest of that is uh, hard times make uh, strong leaders. And I think these hard times have made you. Um, I don't, you know, I I don't want to say anything that hurts your chances. So, uh, but if I lived in California and I was a Republican, I think I would probably vote for you because you're the only one that really does have a chance as an independent to beat Gavin Newsom. And we agree on enough of the stuff and you are at least someone that has a conversation with people who disagree with you. Uh, and that's, that is the first step towards healing common sense and including everybody in the conversation, uh, running for, uh, the governor of California, the author of San Francisco. He is the founder and president of environmental progress. Uh, his website is Schellenberger for governor.com Schellenberger for Michael, best of luck to you tomorrow. Thanks so much, Glenn. I I welcome your support and appreciate you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. At American Financing, completely focused on service and guidance. They take pride in helping homeowners just like you navigate their financial options. Because your home really is more than just the place you live. It's an appreciating asset that can be leveraged to pay off debt faster, fund investments, or even start some home improvements. Whatever you need. Because after all, it's money you earned through equity. Please, I can't stress to you enough the need to give American Financing a call. In 10 minutes, their salary-based mortgage consultants can give you a mortgage review and find out if something like a refi might be of a benefit to you. This is worth it, especially if you have a lot of high-interest credit cards. Please, no pressure, no obligation. Just call them. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. Call them now. 10 seconds, station ID. Can you imagine if he won as governor of California, how much positive change he could make, uh, but the kind of pressure that he would be under? My gosh, just the teachers unions alone for what he said. It's true. Just kill him. And one of the things we've talked about, this goes to education. It goes to uh, certainly things like ESG scores and all the, the battles that we're going through right now. California is such a big state with so many people and so much money. Mm -hmm. We've seen this happen where 
textbooks get changed and they change them because they got to they want to please people in California and then you're in Mississippi and you get hit with those crazy California textbooks changes from these companies the same thing's happening with these investment uh, arms where they're they're chasing the ESG scores because they're getting so much pressure from the government of California only California's governor uh, is makes a big difference to the entire country and that shouldn't be the way it is but it is reality and having someone like Michael in control rather than Gavin Newsom, who is the worst of the worst and will undoubtedly take this next term and try to turn it into a run for president at some point. Man, there's a lot on a lot at stake here in this election. Wasn't Michael the guy who was like the environmentalist of the year? Is, it, is yeah. that Michael? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, he, he was. was on the cover of Time magazine, environmentalist of the year around 2008. And, uh, and now, listen to him. I mean, he's still an environmentalist, you know, but he's more of an environmentalist like people are on the right. I am all for clean energy. But if you're for that, then let's use clean energy. It's called nuclear power. And there's new generations of nuclear power that are safer and better than the old nuclear power. And the old nuclear power is the most safe power generation the world has ever seen. Yeah. The first time I think I ever was aware of Michael Schellenberger was he was featured in a documentary on CNN about that topic. And he was, I mean, how else would he get on CNN? He was environmentalist of the year. And they interviewed him about nuclear power. And he went through and outlined all this, all these facts about nuclear power. And I just remember sitting there watching this documentary thinking like, how is this on the air on on CNN? And the answer is Michael has a legitimate um, reputation as an environmentalist and, and, and knows a lot of these players to the point of when you read his books, he gets interviews with all of the big players, uh, you know, when it comes to the environment and when it comes to homelessness uh, in his, in his book, San Francisco, and they outwardly say they didn't even um, make the points that people like AOC are saying. Like when they, one of the big ones he takes on, he goes to the person who says supposedly that you know global warming is going to end the Earth in ten years, and and talks to him about it. And he said he thanks Michael for coming to him because he never said anything like that. It's it's a total lie that has been you know all over the media for the past fifteen years. And yet he it didn't even occur. It really is incredible. The Glenn Back Program. So Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, uh, said, and I think he was couching uh, his words. You know, you don't want somebody like the, you know, the head of JP Morgan to come out and say, everybody run for your lives. But what he did say was brace yourself for an economic hurricane. That's remarkable, remarkable coming from somebody like Jamie Dimon. I would suggest uh, that you brace yourself, but also prepare for impact. You've you've got to act and prepare. It's no good if you're standing, you know, in your kitchen and the and you're right by the windows and the hurricane is coming in to say, brace yourself. No, get out of there. And can you put some boards up on the window? Here's what you really need to do. Batten down the hatches, kick it into high gear. This time it is gold and silver that have saved portfolios for hundreds of years. Gold line offering a special incentive to get uh, started or add to your self-directed IRA 401k. 
your thrift savings plan, Roth, traditional IRA, and more. Find out how you can earn 6% more in additional metals. All you have to do is just call 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Today is the 78th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. At Mercury One in our museum, we have one of the most awe-inspiring and precious items in the collection. It is a flag that was on a landing craft that brought men and tanks across the channel on D-Day. The ship was sunk uh, by the Germans on Omaha Beach. And one of the sailors went down to rescue the flag. It is that one flag tells the entire story of D-Day. It is ripped to shreds, frayed. The stars are still together. This was the biggest military operation in world history. Three million Allied troops were sent across the channel. No one knew if it would succeed or not. No one knew if Hitler was expecting them, if he, if he was still there, his troops were on high alert, if he hadn't looked elsewhere, we were dead. Imagine being on the shore of England getting ready to go across the channel, knowing that really, truly, one of the most battle-hardened and technologically sound armies was waiting across the river on the beach for you. Eisenhower wrote a note. He wrote it to everyone who was going across. He said, you're about to embark on a great crusade toward which we have striven these many months, and the eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers in arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German, people, the German people's war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and the security for ourselves in a free world. And it's an important one, I think. Savagely. It, yeah, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great point you make there, Glenn. We did lose you here for just a quick second. Maybe you could back up a sentence Are we there? or two. Just, <laughs> sorry, yeah. we're having a little bit of technical uh, okay. difficulties. Mm -hmm. Okay. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers in arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task ahead is not an easy one. 
Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But in this year, 1944, much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940 and 41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle, man-to-man. Our air offense has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home fronts have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men in the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than a full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessings of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. As they were reading that and then launching one by one, FDR was on the radio talking about the fall of Rome. The next day, once they had gotten onto the beach and were making progress, FDR took to the airwaves again in one of the most outrageous speeches, if it were given today, that you will ever read. Imagine your president coming on the air and saying this. Last night when I spoke to you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment the troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. And it has come to success thus far. But in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. That's where the president today, if he even said that, would leave it. He then says, and I'm quoting... Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give them strength to their arms, stoutness of their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace, by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tired. But night and by day without rest until victory is won, The darkness will be rent by noise and flame, and men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle and for their return to the haven of their home. Some, dear Lord, will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servant, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them, help us, Almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee, 
at this hour of great sacrifice. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer, but because the road is long and the desire, if great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer as we rise up each new day. And again, each day is spent. Let the words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. Give us strength to strengthen our daily tasks to redouble the contributions we can make in the physical and material support of our armed forces. Let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travail, to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons wherever so they may be. And, O Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee faith in our sons faith in each other faith in our united crusade let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dulled let let none of these impacts of temporary events of temporal matters but a fleeting moment let not these deter us in our unconquerable purpose with your blessings, we shall prevail over the unholy force of our enemy. Help us conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogancies. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations in a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men and a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. But we know thy will be done, almighty God. Amen. Could you even imagine hearing our president speak like that today? We have a real problem in today's world where we don't even really want to admit our own faults. If we're honest about what we're facing today, it's all of our own faults. We let our we let our love of of unbridled freedom conquer our duty of responsibility. We let our wants become our needs. And there is no one to blame anymore, or at least there is no one that will take the blame. Dwight Eisenhower has become one of my favorite people in history. Because while he said the eyes of the world are upon you and we are going to win in his pocket on that day, he had written a letter for release if things did not go well. He said our landings have failed to gain a sad satisfactory foothold and I have withdrawn our troops. 
My decision to attack at this time and place was based on the best information available. The troops, the air, the Navy did all that bravely, bravery and devotion to duty could do. Any blame or fault that attaches to this attempt, it is mine alone. Right now, our politicians are trying to do something they think very brave and noble. They haven't even told us what they're truly fighting for. It's not Ukraine that is driving up the gas prices. It is their fight for climate. It is their fight for the earth, and they will blame the repercussions on anything. It is the money printing of greedy politicians and an absolute criminally uh, incompetent Fed. The greed of the banks that has caused this inflation. Treasury Secretary admitted it last week. Yeah, we misread. We failed to see things. We shouldn't have done. But not our commander-in-chief. Let us not forget what honor truly looks like and try to emulate that in our own lives every day, beginning today. I want to talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. Um, it's magical when you can uh, walk around without pain. And you don't really appreciate that till you're maybe in your 40s or 50s, unless you've had a bad accident or something. If you've been dealing in with pain, I don't care how old you are, and you've tried absolutely everything, unless you've tried Relief Factor, you haven't tried everything. This is a speech I got from my wife about, I don't even know, years ago. You have a hard time keeping track of years now. Sometimes it feels like yesterday. Sometimes it feels like it was 20 years ago. But I tried the three-week quick start developed for people like me, for people like you, $19.95, a dollar a day. It's a trial pack because a lot of people don't believe any of this stuff will actually work. Reduce inflammation. Oh, yeah, well, I've had ibuprofen 800. Thanks. It does nothing for me. And hundreds of thousands of people have tried this trial pack, and about 70%, me included, have seen dramatic differences in our pain. Gone most days. ReliefFactor.com. I want you to go there now and order the three-week quick start. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Or ReliefFactor.com. Get your life back. Get the Glenn Back Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So it looks like Dr. Oz now is the candidate for uh, Senate in uh, Pennsylvania, and I'm all on the Oz bandwagon now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I am praying that he is the man that uh, he says he is. I'm praying that he is not Mitt Romney or another uh, rhino. 
I don't think he's Mitt Romney. I, 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 I will. You know, you just I, the biggest thing with him is can he win? You know, it's a tough state. Uh, I think he can. Any any Republican should win. Any Republican in any state where any Republican now, ever has think, a chance to win should win this this cycle. So he hopefully will right. win. Why do you think he wouldn't win? Well, I mean, I you know, there's a when you are in a bright red state and you know you're going to win the race, you can run pretty much anybody and you'll win the race. When you have a situation yes, like right. this, where you're in a purple state and you're running a guy who's never run a campaign before, uh, a guy who has, you know, uh, been all over the board, honestly. I mean, I think he would even admit that, that, you know, all over the, he's been all over the board throughout his career, believing all sorts of different things. Uh, a guy who, if he, if he makes now, mistakes, it's a blowable race, right? Like you could lose this race if he yeah. does not run a good campaign. If you run a boring, generic Republican in this race, you're likely going to win it. If you win, if you have a guy who gets lots and lots of attention and then messes up, you could lose. I don't think that you know, maybe Dr. Oz won't do that. I'm sure Donald Trump took that into account when he made the you know the the endorsement. So hopefully he knows him a hell of a lot better than I do. Uh, but uh, you know, it's yeah. I just I'm I'm risk averse in this cycle because you don't need a great candidate to win. You just need somebody who's not going to blow know. up the race. I know. All on the Oz bandwagon. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Go Oz.